0: Blood, we've got Destroyers, so you know what that means. Welcome to another exciting episode of Blood and Destroyers, an all-elite wrestling podcast brought to you by RPGera.com. I, of course, am your host, Brian, and joining me on the show today, he is the co-host of The Fans Are Way Too Noisy Every Week, it's Sev. Hey,
1: Brian, it's so warm today. I'm uh, I'm half-naked recording this, but don't worry, I'll cover the camera so no one has to see. But I have got backup. Thank God. (laughs) I have got backup with me today. Today, my stable is uh, Chris Masters, Leva Bates, Brody King. It's called (laughs) wanking.
0: You're so stupid. (laughs) Right. Is it because of Master Bates, right? Chris Masters, Leva Bates, Brody King. Why didn't you call it, like, Master Bait King?
1: I thought, I thought it was just a, a clever little play. I wanted to do um, Hawthorne Heights, Chris Masters, Labor Bates. So said Ohio is for wankers. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd do uh, yeah.
0: No, Ohio is for lovers.
1: Yeah, that's what I've heard, but I haven't seen any evidence of that yet.
0: Yeah, me neither. And I've lived here a good chunk of my life. Special shout out to your yeah, comp for the, into the podcast. Go check them out wherever you can find music and people, including YouTube, Spotify, Songclub, Hit Camp, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You won't be disappointed. Please take a moment and do us a favor if you'd be so kind. Head over to Apple Podcasts or whatever app you've chosen to listen to us on and drop us a quick rating and a review. It really does help out in terms of visibility so that this show continues to grow. And remember, we are on Patreon now as well patreon.com forward slash RPG era. Check out our tiers, see what we're doing, and if you feel inclined, toss us a couple bucks each month. If not, continuing to listen to the episodes as they upload each week works wonders as well. And of course, special shout out to current executive producers, Jexax and Zanku. All right, Sev, another week down in the history books of AEW. I don't think we have anything crazy to talk about to start the show off. Nothing earth shattering, right? I don't think anything new has happened on anything that we've talked about previously. Um, Sasha and Naomi are officially gone from WWE, supposedly, but we've already kind of known that for months now. Um, Yeah. Nothing real new. I did see a report that Tony Khan said that AEW's next TV deal would be historic. Did you see that?
1: I did not see that, no.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why he's already talking about the next TV deal since their current one runs through, like, 2024, maybe? Something like that? I'm not 100% sure. But, um already talking about the next one so they either are doing better with Warner Media than some journalists have speculated or higher up on Warner Media's interest list I guess I should say but um we don't really have anything crazy to get into nothing nothing worth talking about
1: speaking of journalists I will just mention um, I think I posted away Sean Ross out Saying that Santana and Ortiz Weren't happy together Like uh, Sean's been on Twitter this week Saying like He never said that um, That's not anywhere To be found On his website Apparently So I think Someone else Might have said That he someone said that Someone made
0: it up Someone yeah, made it up Yeah yeah
1: And I think everyone Just <laughs> took it At face value Myself included And passed it around So um,
0: Blame Sev That's what I do
1: yeah, yeah Sev can't be trusted Sev's dumb
0: Yeah Sev is, uh, Se- Sev is not to be trusted. No. Nope. He's over there just playing with his Digimon. Right
1: They're surviving.
0: Just Digimon surviving. <laughs>
1: it's only like three weeks to go, two weeks to go. I can't count, but yeah, not long to go.
0: Not long to go. Not long to go at all. Um, All right. Well, since we don't have anything crazy to talk about, let's see if we can fill the uh, fill the time like normal and and talk about some content. So we will kick things off by going back to July 4th, Independence Day for our friends in the United States, the 4th of July. The episode last week did upload on time. It did actually post on the 4th of July. So the uh, shout out that we gave during that episode was was timely. It actually happened. (laughs) Doesn't happen that often, but it did. Hopefully, we can do the same this week. Hopefully, I can get this up and uploaded on the 11th tomorrow. But going back to July 4th, AEW Dark Elevation. This was filmed at the Little Caesars Arena in Detroit, Michigan. We had six matches, and yes, we have a QTE in this elevation. So, starting uh, off we had anna j defeating megan myers chuck taylor and trent beretta defeated gpa and isaiah broner jay lethal and sotnam singh defeated cage alexander and ryan jones anthony agogo defeated pat Monix. hikaru shida and yuka sakazaki defeated heather reckless and laney luck and in the main event, it was Trio's action, Alex Reynolds, Evil Uno, and Ten defeated Aaron Solo, Nick Camarado, and Q.T. Marshall.
1: And how fast did they do it?
0: 7 minutes and 56 seconds.
1: So record is unbroken, but not for long. I'm happy with that. Not for long. Not for long.
0: You think someone's going to beat it?
1: I think someone's done it. Already? We'll get to it. We'll get to it later on. Uh-oh. But, um, yeah, it's nice to see. I think I posted about Shida being on Dark. That was last week, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's nice to see Shida back from her injury. Um, and hopefully she can get back onto Dynamite pretty quickly and sort that division out.
0: Hopefully. It'd be nice to see Yuka Sakasaki around more too, man. She's oh, only yeah, ever yeah. oh she's only ever used sporadically. Like she comes over from Japan, is used for like a week or two. They tape some content, and then she disappears again. I wish she would just be around more often.
1: Yeah, she definitely brings something to the table. She's definitely fun to watch.
0: Yeah, and some of those like more lengthier matches that she's been involved in have been really well done. Like they've been mm-hmm. really strong.
1: She's got staying power.
0: Yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully we see her around more often. So. Uh, That was elevation, though. Doesn't seem like a super crazy elevation. Most of the matches were less than three minutes. All but two of them lasted longer than three minutes. The best friend's GPA Isaiah Broner match was just shy of four minutes. And then the main event was just shy of eight minutes. So This was not a very long elevation and not a super strong elevation, in my opinion. But that's just me. Uh, Moving on to Dark, which was aired on Tuesday, July 5th. This was taped at Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. Their usual Dark tapings. We had two, four, six, eight matches on the show this past Tuesday. Lee Moriarty defeated Leon Ruffin. Bear Country defeated Adrian Alanis and Liam Gray. AQA defeated Avery Brugh. I'm probably saying that wrong. B-R-E-A-U-X, bruh. Phil? Yeah. Bruh. Josh Woods defeated Barrett Brown. Sonny Kiss defeated Lamar Diggs. Fuego Del Sol defeated Aaron Solo. Jay Lethal and Satnam Singh defeated Darian Bankston and Gus De La Vega. And in the main event, it was eight-man action Alex Reynolds, Evil Uno, John Silver, and Ten defeated the Wingmen. Scissor Bononi, JD Drake, Peter Avalon, and Ryan Nemeth.
1: Definitely seems like they're trying to get the money out of the Dark
0: Order at the moment, doesn't it? Sure does. It's
1: got dark and elevation. It's like, yeah, made a bed. Dark Order. Dark Order.
0: And then they had a segment on Dynamite, and yeah, <laughs> they're definitely trying to make it known that the Dark Order is a OK, right? Even after Alan Angels departed, even after Stu Grayson departed several months or weeks ago. Um, we were just speculating whether it was last week or the week prior about the Dark Order being in some some rough waters not Leon roughing waters but just rough waters and it, it just it just leads me to believe man someone's out there listening they're just they're just letting us know me and you the only reason it's happening is they're just letting us know the Dark Order is okay
1: yeah I definitely think someone's listening
0: they're just letting you and I know the Dark Order is okay <laughs> <laughs> it's all they care about just us it
1: is it is so I'm not, feeling a bad, pretty,
0: not, a, not a bad dark, though.
1: No? Not I'm a bad not dark. I might not. Um, I'm feeling pretty good about it this week, Brian. I've got a feeling we might hit a full in this week.
0: There's no fucking way, dude.
1: What do you mean there's no fucking... You always got to have hope. We've always got to play, play it like we're playing together.
0: I don't think there's any fucking way. I don't think we can anywhere... Maybe Rampage. Maybe Rampage. Not a damn chance on Dynamite. Did you, let me ask you this, as we get ready to talk about Dynamite, before we even talk about the matches, did you like this Dynamite?
1: Gosh, I haven't got got a star rating. Mm -hmm.
0: Don't give me your star rating. Did you just, did you like this Dynamite?
1: Right, so I'm going to be honest, I watched it in two parts. I gave up halfway through a match and then came back and watched it the next day and it was okay, Um, but it has been really hot over here, so I'm quite naggy at the moment. (laughs) So I don't know whether it's just me being uncomfortable means I don't want to sit through it. Um,
0: Sticky, sticky, sweaty, Sev. Yeah,
1: yeah. Triple S, Triple S. Triple S (laughs) everywhere. Yeah, I think it was it was an above average dynamite, but I wouldn't say it was fantastic.
0: I was not a huge fan of this dynamite. Okay, A lot of it didn't sit with me. I thought a lot of it was pretty boring. I had actually fallen asleep before this dynamite actually aired. I laid down to take a nap about an hour before it started and set my alarm for Dynamite so I could wake back up and watch it. And I woke up at like 9.30. Dynamite starts at 8 for me. So I woke up at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, decided that it wasn't worth it to watch the last 30 minutes, and I would just watch it later. So I went back to sleep, woke up around like 2 a.m., and I watched Dynamite.
1: (laughs) Nice, nice.
0: I watched it from two to four, and then went back to sleep before I had to get up for work at seven thirty in the morning.
1: That sounds like I have to do it. I to watch life.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I, and I don't think it was the fact that I had just woken up and it was the middle of the night. I just don't think this was a super strong dynamite. So I had a hard time really coming up with my rankings for this particular show. Which is why I'm saying that I don't think there's any way that you and I are going to probably agree on this dynamite. um okay. I think you did your lows last week, right?
1: I talked about the blood and guts match that was number one last week. Did I not? Yes.
0: Yes. So you, Oh, so you did your highs then. Okay. Okay. So I did my lows. So then we start with you. What is your... Okay, so you and I are ranking eight things. There's quite a few smaller segments that we did not rank that just did not matter in the grand scheme of things. We will mention stuff if we get to it when it makes sense. But there's going to be some things that we skip on this Dynamite because it just didn't matter. So we're ranking eight things. What is your number eight from Dynamite this week?
1: So number eight on my rankings this week is going to be what's oh, it? I just got it written down as the acclaimed breakup.
0: Okay, okay. So the acclaimed and the Gun Club taking on Bear Country, Leon Ruff, and Fuego del Sol. Yeah,
1: yeah. All you right.
0: We already broke the full house, and I had that at number six. Oh,
1: see, my my last my last three, I, I had real trouble deciding which one I wanted to put where, and I essentially went down with. I didn't want to put the other two at the bottom, so this one went down. Um, but yeah, there was there was nothing really to this match. I don't think it lasted a whole long. Uh, didn't really last long, did it? And then, oh
0: no, this this didn't last long at all. Um, if I'm looking at the timestamp, it lasted two minutes and fourteen seconds.
1: Uh, we didn't even get a ma- uh, we didn't even get a cast of rap in it because no, Austin, Austin Gunn, a-
0: yeah, he stole the mic.
1: Yeah, so that was that soured it. <laughs> Fucking
0: um, asshole. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and then I don't know when when Billy Gunn, he like, when he turned on the acclaim, like his lariat wasn't, didn't look that strong. His fame asset didn't look that strong. Um, and then like the camera just kept cutting to him and he didn't really seem convinced of what he'd done. Do you know what I mean? Right. And it feels like he felt like he'd been storyline wise, he feels like he's back into a corner and he just had to do it because blood's thicker than water, his boys are his boys and the acclaimed arm. Um so I don't know if that leads anywhere else, but if it doesn't, then it does kind of feel like we just got this till Bones was better and now Bones is better. They sort of like they snap it off right. and
0: No, I, I think that's exactly what it was, right? They they wanted to have Max Caster do something besides just singles action until Bowen's returned from his knee injury. And now that Bowens is back, the acclaimed man, they they we talked about this last week, right? Like they are one of the realistically hottest tag teams in Aew right now. In terms of reactions from the crowd and just being generally over, even though they have been heels for the better part of their run and the entire part of their run, I should say, um, they've been getting stronger and stronger reactions from the crowd. And it's time to turn them face, dude. It's time to make them good guys. And that's exactly what this segment was utilized for.
1: Okay, Maybe I, I just thought that the uh the ass claimed as it were were like quite hot. So I thought it was a bit soon to rip him apart, but oh well, it is what it is. Got a trust in the CK I I.
0: I liked after uh Billy Gunn took out Max Caster, Anthony Bowens was like still holding up his scissors, right? He still <laughs> wanted he still wanted Billy to scissor him.
1: Yeah, that was uh it was probably the best part of the whole thing, to be fair. You
0: could you, you could tell he was heartbroken. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he was. But yeah this match the match wasn't anything right the match was was just done to get to this breakup um obviously we are going to build toward the acclaimed and the gun club in a tag team match maybe a trios match maybe the acclaimed finds a partner maybe billy Gunn is involved in this match somehow i don't know um shit they could use Dan right
1: yeah Snoop Dogg he's been in before hasn't
0: he? oh they could bring in Snoop that's how they bring in Sasha Banks right there
1: it all links up it all links up <laughs> all, all links up <laughs>
0: they're listening they're
1: listening we see Snoop Dogg join up with Matt Caster next week or the week after we, we, we know
0: <laughs> Yep. Uh, there's no way this match can can headline or not even headline, but star a pay like be a star match of a pay per view though. I don't think. I don't think no, the Gun Club is strong enough. Yeah, they're not strong enough. They acclaimed are strong enough, but I don't think the Gun Club are strong enough to put this or try to delay it until all out. Like this tag match is going to probably be at Fighter Fest, right? Maybe not this coming up Fighter Fest. Probably not week one, but I could see it maybe taking place during week two. Okay,
1: okay, fair. So on the subject of all out, did that just did they actually announce it or did they just put no. it on the barriers they, the put it on, around the- they
0: put it they put it on the fucking thing hanging up from the rafters. Yeah. It still yeah. hasn't been announced. And again, that's something else that we were talking about last week, how All Out hasn't even been announced yet. And then lo and behold, there's a banner hanging from the rafters. All out. Well did it September fourth, I think it is?
1: Yeah, yeah. I have to remember to put that
0: off. Yeah, September fourth, which is a Sunday. And I think I saw that it was going to take place in Chicago, which the all outs the last two years have all been in Chicago. So that makes sense to me. Um, But, yeah, it was just kind of kind of hanging up there. They're heavily booking toward Death Before Dishonor, though, on July 23rd. We are definitely getting some intriguing matches to make that pay-per-view, honestly, looking pretty damn good. I think I'm going to have to watch it.
1: Okay, that's your opinion. I, I personally feel like they're bum-rushing it. Uh, it's two weeks till pay-per-view, isn't it? That's two 22. weeks till pay-per-view,
0: dude, but we're getting FTR and the Briscoes Part 2. I'm okay with that. We're getting uh Wheeler Yuta and Daniel Garcia, which should be a hell of a match. I'm excited about that. There's some Jay Lethal and Samoa Joe finally wrestling. There's some good stuff at this pay-per-view coming up. Okay. Stuff that has been building for a little while now. Um... We'll get to the women's title match. It's probably going to take place at that pay per view a little bit later on in the show. Yeah. <laughs> number one on my list from Dynamite is the main event for the AEW Interim World Title: John Moxley taking on Brody King.
1: That's my number one.
0: Yeah. 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 This was this was a hard hitting match, dude. This was a a really solid match. I liked seeing Brody actually be this dominant monster heel for you know not a not a large portion of the match but he definitely took it to mocks more so than others have more recently um brody's brody's a fucking monster dude like he could have a legitimate heel run Like, it's tough to think about him and Malachi Black and, like, which one could be the bigger monster heel, right? Like, Malachi probably is the right choice between the two. He's more well-known and probably, probably would be better at it in the end. But Brody just has this look to him and this just style... That he is a monster heel, and we saw him actually attack Darby Allen at a at a like an autograph signing this past weekend that I thought was a nice touch, just to kind of make him even more of a a a sinister kind of asshole type of a heel. But um, the match it it was pretty good, right? Like, and I wouldn't even say the match was amazing. And again, this goes back to me thinking that this entire Dynamite just wasn't that strong. But this definitely had its shining moments. The end of the match kind of came out of nowhere to me. Um, It just ended.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was it was almost like they turned Moxley into um, Darby Allen and he squeaked out a win, which is, uh, we all know I don't like that. Right, but, he
0: got his ass kicked for the better part of the match and then just won.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but well, before I start going over this match, I will say, I think camo's so fucking tacky. Like, camo pants are fucking horrible. Like, Moxley uh, should wear better than that.
0: You mean you're not wearing camo pants right now?
1: No, camo's tacky. It's really ca- tacky. People who wear camo play Warzone and love John Moxley. Um, you know Damn. who you are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tappy um <laughs> but yeah this this match didn't get a whole lot of time and i'm pretty sure uh it jumped we dropped to a picture and picture and there was only like five or six minutes of the show left
0: longest match of dynamite 11 minutes and 14 seconds
1: okay see 11, 11 minutes isn't that long cleaning sometime but we've had openers like in previous weeks that go 15 16 minutes
0: yeah not that long not that long of a match
1: but this this was a this dynamite and this rampage had a lot of big chops there were a lot of big chops um everywhere across both these shows. And yeah, the main event was no different. There were lots of big chops there as well. Oh, of course. Um, like, you I got did really Brody. Like,
2: what yeah, do you expect?
1: Yeah. I did really like his, um, his like corner chokehold where he raised him up much like he did to Darby Allen where he dropped him off the apron. Like that's a really cool visual of him just sort of like choking people out of standing up in the corner. Like I hope he, I hope he develops on that and that becomes one of his like signature things. But Seems I, like I he's think-
0: going to, that's two weeks in a row now. So I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to maybe start utilizing that.
1: But yeah, I'm I'm happy with uh I'm happy with Brody King's performance in this. Like, obviously, I didn't think he was going to win in it, uh, but they did book him really strong. And uh, Regal was definitely on the commentary team, being like, "Oh, I'm, I'm worried, I'm scared. Like, I think Brody King's uh, a viable threat." So they gave us as much as they could with without be without actually doing it.
0: And I still want to see Julia Hart. She should be coming down to the ring with these House of Black members. <laughs>
1: Yes, yeah, so I thought we'd get more because when they were flashing, like, the graphics for them, it didn't just have John Moxley, Brody King. It had John Moxley, Blackpool Combat Club, Brody King, House of Black. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was going to be, like, the storyline is going to infuse, like, this is where these two stables go now, but it, it didn't. He didn't come down with anybody.
0: Makes me sad, dude. Like, she's got some new merch calling herself Julia Blackheart. Uh, I just, I wish that she would actually start coming down to the ring with these guys when they actually come down because it would just, it would lend more and she could do like heel type stuff, right? Like it would lead or lend more to the match. I don't know why they're not doing that.
1: Yeah, I can't have answers for you there, Brian. Sorry.
0: That's okay. You're supposed to have the answers though. I'm a little disappointed in
1: you. I'll just say that some person said Sean WhatsApp said that this happened. and then. <laughs> i'll I'll (laughs) retract my statement like two weeks later
0: he just makes him up yeah 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 why not
1: um
0: obviously no way mox is gonna lose this match though right like he'll he'll hang on to that interim title until cm punk is better and then they'll have a match
1: yeah so i did hear from somewhere going on uh speculation i did hear from somewhere that like we probably haven't seen mjf because mjf was meant to take the title from punk and now like Punk's injured, like, they don't want to bring MJF back until Punk's back. So he might just sit out for a while.
0: Dude, they're going to kill the momentum of that storyline, though, if they leave him out for like six to nine months. Well, people to be are fair. already forgetting about it.
1: Yeah, yeah, but to be fair, it's MJF in it. Like, I think, I don't think he can, he can come back and then just start a feud with, unless he's feuding with TK or. For the championship, I don't think there's anywhere for him to go.
0: Who needs MJF when you have Christian Cage now? Mm, Yeah. No, I'd rather have MJF.
1: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Cool, so you ready for my number seven?
0: Yeah, hit me with it.
1: Uh, Number seven is Blunderstorm versus Native Problems.
0: (laughs) Blunderstorm! (laughs) What did you call the other team?
1: Native Problems. Oh, my God. (laughs) I had
0: that at number five.
1: Did you? How, you thought more of this than I did. Um yeah, this was definitely uh sloppy in parts. Like there was a bit where Tony Storm got down on her knees uh, and Thunder Rose. I thought she was going for a poetry motion, but she wasn't. She was going for a drop kick, but she had so little motion by the time she tried to jump up um Tony Storm that she like barely got to Shafir. Um and then it was Yeah, it was just there was just bad bits in it. Um
0: It sure was. It so sure it was. Was part where,
1: what's it? I think Nyla Rose was like leaning against the bottom rope, and Thunder Rosa like she running, She did like a drop kick. Like she did two of them. Like the second one was bad, but the first one she definitely just she just fucking stomped on I it. mean um, it didn't look pretty at all. Like no, it was stupid. The it was it was it yeah, was the terrible looking she at... it up as well.
0: Yeah, they're like, oh, that was more of a more of a kick than a drop kick, right? And then she did it again. And they're like, there we go. That's an actual drop kick. <laughs>
1: Um yeah, and then there was a part where uh Tony Storm tried to roll roll backwards with Thunder with uh, Nyla Rose um to could, do something could, but did, Nyla Rose didn't so have his, that,
0: Yeah, it didn't have it didn't have nearly the momentum to roll through it.
1: Yeah, so um and then the other thing, I don't know if someone brought this up in our Discord or whether I've seen it somewhere else, but the like the heel the heel shine of this match happened during the pitcher in pitcher. It did um so i'm not sure yeah i'm not sure if someone mentioned it in our discord or if it's been mentioned somewhere else but it seems to be like a running theme that like the heels will get their shine during the picture in picture or during the ad break and then we come back and which never matters to heart, you so.
0: because you get to see the whole thing and you get to hear the commentary but for us over in the, yeah, in the yeah. states we don't really get to see or hear any of that outside of picture in picture now I will say because I did watch this dynamite after it aired, I actually watched the the uploaded fight replay, so I did actually get to see and hear everything that happened during the picture and pictures, but, which was kind of nice. Um, I want to know though, what is the purpose behind this partnership? Or tag team, right? Thunderstorm? What is, what is the point behind Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm now joining forces?
1: I haven't got a clue. It's it's like they're, I don't know, it's like, it's like they've got Thunder Rosa sat at the top of the card and then Tony Storm somewhere close. And then there's just Nyla Rose who's always sort of hanging around in the upper mid card and then Marina Shafir that they've dragged up. And they kind of don't have anywhere to go. It's, it kind of feels like there's no one else in the women's division now because everyone else is off with the TBS title. Like, Tony Storm is
0: still sports. ranked number one, too. By the way, Tony Storm is still ranked number one. Mm. So
1: then, the, this could just lead to three weeks A of rematch. Thunderstorm. Yeah, they make and make T-shirts. Like they said on commentary, they were like, "Oh, yeah, yeah you'll there's going to be." I
0: wonder. I wonder if Shop AEW has T-shirts for them yet. I'm, I'm actually going to check right now because it is. Sunday afternoon, evening, as we're we're recording this, I wonder if they're they are on there. There it is. Yep, thunderstorm. They both have. They're both doing like the the rock, you know, devil horn symbol. You have like a bone hand and a and a regular Tony Storm hand.
1: Okay, you can't see my eyes rolling, but they're definitely fucking rolling.
0: Dude, Julia Julia Hart's t shirt, the Blackheart t shirt is fucking sick though. I want that T shirt. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a real cool T shirt.
1: But yeah, um, then just to get back on topic, uh, Thunder Rosa's hot tag back into the ring was fucking warm at best. Uh, it wasn't good. <laughs> and then that little the little signature, you know, like when Tony Storm does her like hip attack. Um yes. like, they like slap their thighs. But they both did it and it was just sort of like it came out of nowhere. So both just sort of, they were always smacking their own asses in the middle of the ring. I was like oh, what the fuck's going on? And then she went for the hip attack and I was like, Oh, okay. Do, I you, get have, it. do you have a problem yeah, with not...
0: them slapping their asses?
1: Well, in the middle of a match, yeah, it just, <laughs> just She's supposed to be our champion and our like the best of the business, the best of the creme de la creme of the women's division. And she's Yeah, uh, no,
0: not even not even close. Yeah,
1: she's uh, botching everywhere, and like she's running around the ring slapping her own ass. So, um, <laughs> no, not good. But to be fair, I think uh, I think probably the best wrestler in this match was maybe Marina Shafir. I think she um, she seemed like she came a fair a fair way to be honest.
0: Um, I guess.
1: Look, like, I'm not saying she's the best wrestler out of the four of them. I'm just saying the one who put on the best best show in this match like she is she has improved a fair bit to be honest
0: she's definitely improved she's definitely improved yeah she's definitely improved they did mention on commentary again who was it maybe it was Taz that said her future is is really bright and I do agree with that right as she gets more exposure as she gets better and and just has more time in the ring she is probably going to be a pretty big star for AEW in the future but not yet
1: yeah, yeah. She's got that, like, technical hard-ass MMA jiu-jitsu submission sort of shtick going on, doesn't she? So, if she can perfect that, then, yeah, she'll, she'll sit at the top of the division. That's fine.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. All right. Well, my number two is the in-ring promo between Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, and Matt Hardy.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah. We wouldn't ever get in this full horizon. Um, I had that at number
0: six. I told you we weren't going to come close on Dynamite this week. There was not a not a damn chance that we were going to come close on on this particular show. Um, I liked this, dude. I actually like this a lot. I like Christian Cage in this mega heel role. Like, he is pulling this off really, really well. Um, obviously, I'm a big fan of Luchasaurus's new character, this dark Luchasaurus Uh, Kane-esque, like, you know, late 90s when Kane first debuted really, really has that mentality going on. And I liked Christian just giving Matt Hardy so much shit on the mic, man. I thought this was pretty fun. I did. They utilized, uh, you know, Jeff Hardy's DUI, right? Christian saying that Matt's making his brother look like the sober one. I thought that was a nice touch. Christian Christian is utilizing a lot of the same tactics that MJF used to during his promos. Really toeing the line between what's okay to say and what isn't okay to say.
1: Yeah, I, I just think it comes down to um like comedic preference really. I don't um I don't think punch down comedy is the best kind of comedy. It's like if you pick if you pick on people beneath you then like you're not really you're not really excelling, to be fair. Um and yeah, and I know it's to make Christian look like a heel to go out. Make him, it's make him it's make farther. him to look like an asshole,
0: right? He's supposed to be an asshole now. Yeah,
1: yeah. But I don't know. It was it was what it was. And then Matt Hardy being the guy that they faced off with, it's like, oh, okay. Um, and then when they went to attack him, they kind of fumbled that part. It was just, I don't know. It was all kind of average for me.
0: I assume we're going to get Luchasaurus v. Matt Hardy now.
1: I think that's what is setting up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I would assume that to be the case. Give Matt something to do while Jeff is currently, you know, going through rehab or whatever he's doing. Um, I am hoping that this is eventually going to lead to Luchasaurus getting a legit title shot and threat to the TNT title
1: against Wardlow.
0: Against Wardlow, yeah.
1: Let's do it. I think Let's that would be a so- I think
0: that would be a solid storyline, dude.
1: <laughs> so funny! It's very funny how um, yeah, Wardlow's got the title, and now it's like, right, who can take the title off Wardlow? Probably Luchasaurus. Do it?
0: Well, I don't think Luchasaurus would do it. No, but I. Th- No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. But I do think that it would be a fun storyline and program, right? Like these two hard-hitting guys, two bigger guys, just beating the ever-living hell out of each other. Uh, I I think it could provide some entertainment for a couple weeks, for sure. That could even be a pay-per-view match right there. I could see that being a good all-out match, in all honesty.
1: Yeah, I'd take that. I can see it on the graphic card now.
0: Even though (laughs) we know at all-out it's going to be Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, so there's no fucking chance Luchasaurus gets a title shot at all-out. Um, but maybe full gear.
1: <laughs> maybe the next one.
0: Maybe the next one, because I have a feeling the TNT title match at the pay-per-view could be potentially a rematch or could be against somebody from the House of Black.
1: Somebody from the House of Black?
0: Either Brody or Malachi.
1: Okay. Does that stem from anything or just picking opponents?
0: No, I'm just picking opponents.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Color me intrigued.
0: I'm just picking opponents because I'm trying to think, like, where the hell else do they go, right? Like, unless they stay involved with the Blackpool Combat Club, is Malachi going to headline all out with Moxley? Maybe. I I guess that's possible, too. I guess that's possible, too. I wouldn't hate it either. Because, Because we don't really know unless Mox faces Hangman at all out for the interim title. We don't really know who else it could be. The top five right now for the men's division, number one is Wardlow. Number two is Hangman Adam Page. Number three is Jay Lethal. Number four is your boy Lance Archer, and number five is Powerhouse Hobbs.
1: Yeah, half my list is rubbish. <laughs> absolute, absolute, cool.
0: Absolute Ricky Starks.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't hate it, but I don't think he's, uh, I don't think he's there yet to headline. Atlanta,
0: no, not, yet. not yet, but getting damn close though. Getting damn close. Yeah.
1: Let him simmer for another year or so, you will start getting
0: there. Yep, kind of like how the, uh, I mean, I know we always compare him to The Rock and like everybody compares him to an early version of The Rock. But he is on a similar trajectory to The Rock when The Rock first really started breaking out during the Attitude Era, right? Like The Rock started out as the Intercontinental Champion and really built a name for himself before being put in the, the main event scene. And that's kind of what Ricky Starks is doing right now with that FT, uh, FTW title.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's how it should be, really. You win the lower card titles before you go up to the top. So. Yeah, agreed. It shouldn't, shouldn't be a quick process.
0: He should get a run cool. with the TNT my title. Number f- oh, definitely.
1: Should so he get a run with all of the belts? Maybe not so, all yeah. at the same time. But no,
0: he's not I FTR material.
1: So you ready for my number five?
0: Yeah, hit me with it.
1: My number five is uh Wardlow's TNT title win against Scorpio Sky.
0: I had that at number three.
1: Did you? Did you enjoy this match? Not really. Okay.
0: I told you, man, I, there was there wasn't there wasn't much I enjoyed on this dynamite. <laughs> There wasn't much that I enjoyed, and I think that's pretty fucking clear because a match that I really didn't like is my number three. I didn't like much on this dynamite.
1: Okay, so this we all know this should have been better than it actually was. Like, we've all wanted Wardlow to be TNT champion for ages. Match was kind of sloppy. Yeah, I did speculate last week. We were like, we you said because it was a street fight that maybe Sky would retain. And I said, ah, maybe like a street fight means we can just stack the odds against Wardlow and eventually he'll win, like overcoming the odds. But All we really got, like there wasn't much street fight in it. And all we really got was. There was no street fight,
0: dude. There was no street fight. What was the point of this being a street fight outside of American top team interfering?
1: Yeah. But like American top team came in and for a bunch of American top team, they were MMA fighters, UFC or something.
0: Yeah. Wardlow kicked all their asses.
1: He did. He popped them all. and Not even like really hard. He just, popped a couple of them on the head and they all rolled out the fucking <laughs> ring, and it was like and then he and then he got a couple of power bombs on scorpio and that was it and it was like it was, excuse, using the, uh, yeah it's like a fart in the wind wasn't it
0: it really was oh, yeah
1: okay so kind of i don't know that that kind of tarnished his um title win and i think it might tarnish his uh title run as well i think i think we've got another better the chaser
0: that is a possibility. And I'm glad that they finally pulled the trigger with Wardlow and gave him the TNT title. This probably should have happened already, right? Like this this theoretically should have happened shortly after Double or Nothing when when Wardlow destroyed uh MJF. Like the crowd was super hot on Wardlow. And they and they still are to an extent, but they've started to cool off a little bit as well, right? Like Mm-hmm. The re- the reactions aren't nearly as as strong as they were a couple months ago.
1: Yeah, sorry. yeah. You know what this, know. this felt when... like to me,
0: though. You know what this really felt like, and I know a lot of people have been saying that Wardlow's rise in AEW is real similar to Goldberg's rise in WCW. Right? Like there are so many similarities. This felt like, to me, Goldberg beating Raven for the United States Championship in WCW.
1: Okay, my memory's spotty on that bit, but...
0: Very similar, because Raven had the flock behind him and utilized the flock to try to overcome Goldberg, but Goldberg battled through all of them and still was able to pick up the title. Just replace the flock with American Top Team and there you go.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah, I can see that. I don't think there's any new ideas in the world, to be honest, Brian, so a lot of stuff is repeated from somewhere else. It's gotta
0: be. I mean, there can only be so much that happens, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't have an issue with it. I just wanted to point it out. I love Raven. I wish we'd see him in AEW. <laughs> Besides, just the one time we did with him sitting in the crowd when we were wondering who the higher power was going to be for the Dark Order. Do you remember that? Yeah, he was, that was a long he was time like, ago, wasn't it? yeah, he was like just sitting in the crowd in like the third row or something, and they're like, wait, what's Raven doing here?
1: <laughs> That's cool. I miss Raven. Uh, every time, every time you say Raven, all I think of is him in his uh, is impact gear when he had that big neck thing on. Oh yeah, we see him like that. I did. That was
0: weird. I was not a fan of his impact <laughs> run. <laughs> Best Raven, best Raven was ECW and WCW. Yeah. Those are the best years of Raven. Yeah. Um, Okay. Well, we are back to me then. And I still have my four, seven, and eight left. <laughs> number four for me was Roosh taken on Pentos That
1: was number two on my list.
0: Okay. Solid match. It was okay, right? It was decent. But again, I felt like this should have been better. This should have been a way better match between these two guys. The match felt kind of sloppy to me. Like, it didn't feel nearly as put together as it should have been. Yeah, that's fair. That's a fair analysis.
1: Um, I've stated many times on this podcast that I hate the the mask-pulling mechanic or when mask pulling is used as part of a match. Like, I just don't like it. I think, um, I think well, it I think interferes and it do- interrupts. I think
0: they keep doing it because Penta's going to lose his mask in, in AAA. Like, I think that's why they keep doing it.
1: But see, I don't get like if Pent is gonna lose his mask in triple A, then what's the point of trying to pull it off him now? Because AEW aren't gonna get the reveal, Triple A are gonna get the reveal. And if they're always trying to, if uh, rush that now are trying to pull his mask off, and then like he comes back after after losing in triple A and taking his mask off, he just comes back and goes, Ah, I've got a mask now, now what are you gonna do? And we're like, Oh yeah, now <laughs> like, what are we gonna do?
0: Now what are we gonna do? We'll pull we'll pull Phoenix's mask.
1: Yeah, ah, oh, where's that next mask? Um, but yeah, there was there was just a couple of times in this match where, like, he'd gone for the mask and then you could, like, visibly see Penta being, like, oh, for fuck's sake, trying to put his mask back on. Like, there was a spot where they was it where they both, like, headbutted each other and they hit the floor and uh, Penta tried to do his mask back up and then he, like, he had to take both his gloves off and sort of, like, scurry into the corner to do his mask back up, um... So, yeah, that's just just not good match mechanics, to be honest. I didn't like it.
0: You know what else kind of wasn't good match mechanics was when Andrade put Rush's foot on the rope. and his foot was already under the rope. It was already under the rope, but Bryce Remsburg was literally watching Andrade do it at the same time and, like, had to pretend like he didn't see it.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. And to be fair, I think even the commentary pulled it up. I think they did. The commentary pulled up that, like, uh, he didn't need to put his foot on the rope, but. Because uh, a referee can't see everything all the time, he didn't see that Rusev's foot was underneath the rope, so Andrade had to do it. It's like, oh yeah, even the commentary is like covering for the mistakes that they're making.
0: This match should have been better than it was. It felt like there was some sort of disconnect there, and I'm not sure what it was. I don't know what it was. This, like I said, this entire dynamite felt like there was just a big disconnect, and I don't know why. I don't know why. Yeah.
1: See, I had this at number two because I watched it for a second time and I thought it was an okay match. There were some, there were some big, big slaps. Like Roosh got a lot of big slaps to his chest, um, and there were some nice little spots. But this is the match that I gave up on um, oh, okay. when first watching it because it was about, it was about halfway through the show, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, roughly halfway through, which was the second longest match of the night, like ten seconds shorter than the main event. Eleven minutes and four seconds, okay. opposed to the main event being eleven minutes and fourteen seconds.
1: Fair, fair. Okay, what's what's next on your list, Brian? Uh, well, I what's just did that time? one.
0: It's your turn. That was oh, cool. my number four. Oh, like that was my number four.
1: I like how we're gonna end Dynamite then. That's cool. Um, so number four on my list is uh, what they called "Swerving His Glory" versus mm-hmm. The Butcher and The Blade.
0: I had that at number seven.
1: Did you hate this? You I hate wasn't a big fan.
0: I, I hated everything <laughs> on Dynamite this week. I wasn't a big fan of this match. I again thought that it was quite sloppy. Um, I didn't think that either team looked really strong in this match. I think the post-match stuff was way better than the match itself. Um, but this entire match felt real disjointed to me, right? Like, it was nice seeing the Butcher and the Blade out there being utilized. They are ranked number four in the tag team division. So it was nice seeing them kind of utilize and have a decent showing in this match, but I don't know what it is, man. I did not like much about this dynamite this week.
1: Okay. See I I think it's odd that we're still getting Swerve and Keithley sort of teaming up together. I think that whole thing is odd. Um and that that's kind of rushed. It was kind of rushed to sort of like tease a breakup and then pull it back. And yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it, it was quite sloppy. There was a particular spot where I think Keith Lee was meant to do like the pounce onto I'm going to say it was to the to the blade, but he didn't. He got a swerve instead and swerved like proper. He rebounded off the ropes. You see that as well?
0: I did. And I'm wondering if they might be building to swerve v. Keith Lee for the pay-per-view. Okay. That's so possible. That would make next
1: week's match. Like mainly about that, then that's I think that, going to come into play.
0: I think that's definitely going to come into play next week. Because there's no way the Bucks are losing. No, no. Which just goes back to what we've been saying. They keep doing these triple threat tag team title matches, and it's never about the champions.
1: Yeah, I don't think. Um, I think the, the crowd much wanted other people in that match, didn't they? Oh yeah. yeah the crowd were chanting for FDR. Um,
0: yeah, and it was nice that uh, Nick Jackson's like, "We're better than them, right? We don't, we don't need to wrestle them. We're better than them." Clearly teasing that it was going to be those two teams that all out like that's. That's inevitable. That's for sure happening.
1: Oh, yeah. And then there's no way the Bucks walk out with that. Um, no,
0: FTR, FTR will have all eight titles at that point, like we talked about a few weeks ago.
1: Yeah, eight-star FTR. Eight-star FTR. And star then we can start about yeah. it, who can take it off them.
0: Yeah, because that'll probably be it, right? I know we talked about and made jokes about them going and grabbing the Impact Tag Titles as well and then wrestling the Usos and taking the Raw and SmackDown Tag yeah, Titles. Yeah. That's never going to happen. Although, did you no. see, there was a report that Tony Khan said he was open to a big cross-promotional show with WWE in the future.
1: Yeah, I feel, I feel that might be, is it, it be known as lip service? Oh, yeah, it's, no, like it's, it's, nev- it's
0: never it's never going to happen.
1: Yeah, yeah, it just says it to look like the bad guy, the, the good guy, so that when inevitably falls apart, he can be like, well, I said I'd do it, but WWE didn't want to. So.
0: <laughs> but yeah. Uh this match wasn't wasn't anything special to me. I did like Ricky Starks's promo after the match like I said I, I do think that the after match stuff was was quite fun. Um but the match itself wasn't anything great. No nope, no. Nope. Which means <laughs> all I have left is my number 8, Sev is. Oh, you is hated in- this. I hated this, dude. I absolutely fucking hated this. The in-ring promo with the Dark Order and QT Marshall.
1: My number eight. Okay. So I got
0: it at number three. Oh my God.
1: I did I did debate putting it at number one.
0: Why? I get okay. I get that they were in Rochester, right? The home of the late yeah. Brody Lee. I get that they were in Rochester. Rochester is a big city for AEW right like they they made that apparent on commentary a lot um this was the third time the TNT title has changed hands in Rochester so I'm assuming every time we're in Rochester the TNT title is just going to change hands now so next time they're in Rochester we have to to make note of that um but I hated this I absolutely hated this like this was, I feel like, done. Just again, we made a joke earlier in the show to remind you and I that the Dark Order isn't going anywhere. The Dark Order is alive and well, stronger than ever. But this didn't make me think they were stronger than ever. Why do we need Brody Lee Jr. on the mic on live TV on Dynamite?
1: We don't. Yes, to be fair, he was quiet on the mic. He didn't. He didn't I don't know what he said. Very well.
0: I don't even know what he said. He talked. Oh, he talked. Like he talks, he talks some shit. Yeah, talked some shit to QT Marshall, but. Unless unless we're getting Brody Lee Jr. vQT Marshall, which would be really fucking dumb. I don't know what the point behind this was.
1: I think it was just, it was, as you said, it was for us. It was to address to us the speculation that Dark Order <laughs> was
0: going.
1: Um, and it wasn't, and they're not. So those six are staying there, which is cool. Uh, they did it in Brody's hometown, which was a really nice sort of thing to do. And then... Um, yeah, QT Marshall came out and he did you hear what he said on the mic? He was coming down the ramp.
0: Uh probably, but remind
1: me. He said something about Brody King, Brody King. Brody Lee, they said Brody Lee beat me in under 5 minutes. So he's listening. He knows about the QTE and he wants to tell us that Brody Lee was better than Hook. and I will accept that.
0: Okay. Brody Lee v QT Marshall. When did that happen? When Got did that no happen? Idea. Uh right here right here Brody Lee beat QT Marshall in his debut match which was I want to know how long that match was I want to know I want to know because well here's the thing it, aren't we just taking it from the moment that hook beat QT Marshall like are we are we are we going all the way back to every QT Marshall match that's ever taken place or are we just are we just starting with when hook beat QT Marshall and we started the quick time event
1: I don't know, to be honest, I don't really make rules for my segments. I just make them up and then uh, let them develop as they develop. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought it was nice that QT mentioned that uh, Brody beat him in under five minutes.
0: I want to know. when. Do, okay, I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking <laughs> at it right now. So the bell rang The bell rang at 6.55 on this video. 6.55 on the video. And the match ended at 9.56. So three minutes. Three minutes. Three minutes. So There you go. There you go. Shout out to QT and the QuickTime oh, events. Yeah,
1: yeah. She <laughs> I hope, it when it wasn't I hope
0: he. Step. I hope he is listening. I hope he is listening. <laughs> that'd be that'd be amazing.
1: Do we want to? Do we want to tell him we love him? Really? Or-
0: what can we do? What can we have him do if he's listening to give us a, a sly? I mean, the quick, t- the 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 mention of Brody beating him in under five minutes could have been it, right? Because he could be referencing the QuickTime event. Uh, why don't why don't you just wear a, a QTE shirt? Wear a QTE shirt. Wear a Shenmue shirt. Wear a Shenmue shirt on Dynamite or Rampage. Just wear a Shenmue shirt. Let me know you're listening.
1: No, w- wear a factory shirt, and then we'll know you're listening.
0: Wear a factory shirt because nobody else does. Like like Sean said, they only print those shirts for the staff. No one's buying them.
1: Yeah, yeah. Wear wear your shirt back to front or inside out. <laughs> And I'll check for the next three weeks.
0: <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. But I I did not like the segment. I really didn't. I didn't. I don't think I I get the importance of Brody Lee, right? And the special aspect of Brody Lee, obviously having passed away when he did, prime of his career, really at this monster AEW run. But I don't think they need to keep leaning on that every time they're in Rochester either, and I don't think they need to keep leaning into that so heavily. Like, okay, that's can, fair we enough. Can, yeah. We can let that rest. You know what I mean? Let him rest and let that rest.
1: Yeah, I, I understand why they do it. Like, it, um, it's a better promotion, isn't it? But yeah, it is time. Let the man rest in peace.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Oh, man. Star rating for this dynamite is rough for me. I'm going two stars.
1: You're going two stars. I'm going to go bang in the middle, two I'm and
0: going. a half. Okay. Okay. So at least you're in the same ballpark as me, right? There was no way this was even an average dynamite. It was definitely below average. Um, and they suffered in the ratings, too. Like, they lost because last week for for Blood and Guts, it was like 1.2 million again. This week it was back mm-hmm. under a million. They they lost about 400,000 viewers this week.
1: Oh, okay. That's a shame.
0: Yeah, pretty rough. Pretty uh, rough in it, Bear Country and Leon rough.
1: Terrible name.
0: <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to Rampage, which I thought was quite a bit stronger than Dynamite this week. I enjoyed Rampage a hell of a lot more than I liked Dynamite. Um, I will kick things off i guess right no you will kick things off with your who just my god i was doing my highs you were doing your lows so i have to do my lows right that's how we do this yes. that's how that's how this show works sometimes i forget midway through number 4 we're ranking four things there is um there is one thing that we'll talk about that happened on dynamite when we get to this match on rampage and and some stuff that's probably going to lead to some other things in the future and we already know what that thing is, and we'll talk about that. But number four on my list is the tag team match between Serena Deeb and Mercedes Martinez taking on Kayla Sparks and Christina Marie.
1: Because number four on my list, mate.
0: All right. Let's see if we can get the full housing on a on a dy- on a a rampage. Not dynamite. Never going to happen on a dynamite. Maybe we can get it on a rampage.
1: Um, this little housing should be in the bag.
0: Yeah, this little tiny housing. Um, this match was nothing spectacular, right? Like, the match was pretty quick. It was over in 2 minutes and 23 seconds, according to Pro Wrestling Fandom. This was basically done to finally split this undefeated tag team that they kept referencing on commentary between Serena Deeb and Mercedes Martinez. A tag team that still didn't even make any fucking sense to me, right? Mercedes is supposed to be a face, Serena Deeb obviously a heel, so I wasn't quite sure why they were teaming together, why they were wearing similar matching gear that had the same color schemes. Like... They're not an actual tag team. So none of this made sense to me. But we finally, after the match, got the split between Serena and Mercedes, which is obviously going to lead to an ROH Women's Title match at the pay-per-view on July
1: 23rd. So barring them wrestling on, they wrestle on dark, well, it's it's, it's mostly been
0: team. it's mostly been Dark and Elevation, yes, where they've wrestled with each other.
1: Yeah, I don't recall them wrestling in previous weeks. So like I didn't even know they were a tag team, to be honest. Um,
0: they were like four yeah, and zero right, or five and zero not, or some shit like that.
1: Okay, so fairly, it was, to be fair, like it's Dark Elevation. They can get two in a week, so like four and zero just means that they wrestle. oh yeah, th- been this is this is recent two weeks. Yeah, this is yeah, recent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was nice seeing. Uh, Dee back on rampage, and I seen D one T V and they look pretty strong. I did like the dynamic of her and Mercedes like being you know what like like she out wrestling her sort of thing? Trying trying like, to I one up each of, other. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. I did kind of want deep to like wrestle the whole match for, like and not get Martinez in. Um so I thought that's where we were going. But no, they were doing like blind tags, weren't they?
0: Yeah, the the tags where neither one of them wanted to be tagged out, but the other person wanted to come in just to, to show up the other person. Correct.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Um,
0: I don't want to predict, who we think is going to walk out with the women's title at Death Before Dishonor, because for that show, the the week before that show airs, so that would actually be next week already, actually. I want to do some quick predictions for that pay-per-view, since Ring of Honor technically is just an offshoot of AEW now. So we'll save that for next week's show.
1: Okay, Even though I don't think the full
0: card is going to be booked by then, right? Like, I have a feeling it won't be. It would be nice if it was, but
1: I have a feeling it won't be yeah yeah I don't know. hopefully we get some Dalton Castle I want to see Dude, him
0: back on the TV we need some fucking Dalton Castle I'm really hoping we actually get like you know some some legit Ring of Honor names besides just the Briscoes and Jonathan Gresham and Jay Lethal like I would like to see some actual Ring of Honor wrestlers actually participate in this pay-per-view like give me Dalton Castle right give me Cheeseburger
1: Give me, give me Dalton Castle versus the That's what I want. Ooh, that'd I'll be a good match.
0: That. That'd be a good match. Put Josh Woods on the card, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Who else could we put on there? Yeah, Kenny King. I'm trying to think who else was a big name in in Ring of Honor.
1: Kenny King's in Impact
0: now. Is he in Impact now?
1: Yeah, on no more in it. What about? They, they uh, lost
0: a of What about Mike Bennett? Is he in Impact?
1: Yeah, Mike Bennett, PCO, Vincent, Kenny King.
0: You know who we could get. You know who might be there at the pay per view? Someone we actually saw uh wrestle I think it was on a on a dark or an elevation, or you know what? No, it wasn't. It was on a dynamite or a rampage. It was the one that we didn't talk about. It was before the pay-per-view, double or nothing, Silas Young. Oh
1: yes, yeah. He yeah, he is. I saw that graphic.
0: Yeah, he was actually on he wrestled uh who did he wrestle in AEW? Silas Young. Was AEW. it Hangman? Was it? It was Hangman? I I don't remember. I guess
1: Silas Young was Hangman on Dark.
0: No. Fuck. Um <laughs> it was on Dynamite and it was against Hangman on Page, June twenty second. So it was the uh it was the
1: The one I didn't watch, yeah. Yeah, it was the one before Forbidden
0: Correct. Yes, correct. So we might see him at Death Before Dishonor. That would be good. Silas Young would be a would be would be a good get for them to keep around for Ring of Honor.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely been there a long time, and Yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. So What's your number one? Number one, let's keep the ball rolling. It's uh, Eddie Kingston versus kester
0: Hell, yes, that's also my number one.
1: Good, good, good. Uh, yeah, this was this was the hardest balls match. Lots of big slaps, lots of big elbows, and suplexes out of nowhere. I couldn't really fault this, to be honest. Dude, a big explode on the outside.
0: This was probably the most fun match we saw the entire week of AEW content, right? Um, Correct, yeah. Ca- Kingston is just, he's so good. Kingston is so good. But Kurosuke Takashita, I say this every time we talk about him, he needs to be used more and he needs to start winning and he needs to start fucking climbing the rankings because that dude is a goddamn, goddamn yeah. star, dude. He is a goddamn star.
1: Yeah, he needs to, um, he definitely needs to start getting wins on TV. That's all we need. All we need from him, just start giving him wins. I don't care who you feed him. And eventually he'll be out there, all Atlantic, TNT, whatever.
0: Yeah, we need to see him against Pac. We need to see him against Buddy Matthews. We need to see him against. Kenny Omega in the future, right? I did post a a mm-hmm. match between those two from like back in 2013 when they were both super young, which was a really good match. But now it would just be incredible. We need we need Takeshita taken on Will Ospreay right? We need to see these matches because my God, would they be five star matches?
1: Oh yeah, even I'm, Takeshita I mean, taken on Claudio, <laughs> dude.
0: Claudio and Takeshita would put on a killer match, dude.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so many possibilities. We just need to get we just need to get him winning before his momentum runs out.
0: Exactly. Like the crowd is so behind him. Um, and they're really behind Kingston as well. Like, Kingston is definitely probably one of the most over guys in AEW right now, which says something because it's about damn time for Kingston, right? Like, I know he didn't really get a chance in the, in the main promotions until AEW came around. And now everybody just really appreciates Eddie Kingston and how really fucking good he is, man. Like, not only in the ring, but on the mic, too. Like, there isn't that many people better than him on the mic.
1: Yeah, I'll give him that. I, I definitely turned corner on Eddie Kingston.
0: Yeah, you were definitely a, a hater of Kingston back in the day.
1: <laughs> I was. That was that was my gimmick back then. But you know, wrestling—you got to stay fresh. You got to keep fans entertained. So
0: yeah, you got to update your gimmick every now and then. You gotta you gotta turn the page. Huh?
1: Yeah, did uh, did Takeshi to no-sell Kingston's finisher. I can't remember what his finisher's called. Is it called like a Eurokin or something?
0: Yeah, that little backhand chop slap thing that he does to the face.
1: Yeah, I think he used to be called like a backfist of the future or something. Oh, that's, that's cool. Called, I um, yeah, obviously they can't use that. Um, but yeah, pretty sure he took one and then like didn't really move and then Eddie gave him another and one. And then he hit, and hit and another he one,
0: correct. Correct. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. This, got a, cool, this yeah. is awesome chant from the crowd, right? Like this was definitely awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, But, of course, Eddie Kingston did pick up the victory, which I think was to be expected, especially because on Dynamite they had that, which we didn't rank and we didn't talk about, they had that in-ring promo with Tony Schiavone and Eddie Kingston kind of talking on the mic and then the Jericho Appreciation Society interrupted on the big screen having Ty Conti slam Ruby Soho's arm into the door of a car. Um, I, I guess effectively taking Ruby out for a few weeks, and then later on in Rampage we had, or no, it was was it Rampage? Was it Dynamite? I don't remember. It's
1: Rampage, I think it was a on, one. The yeah,
0: there was a there was a backstage segment with uh, Kingston talking about how he was gonna still make Jericho bleed for taking out his Ruby.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Do that to my Ruby? Obviously, Kingston and Ruby are are pretty fucking good friends from from what I understand. So I like that they're. Kind of leaning into that for the storyline, but <laughs> we are getting now. So Fighter Fest is coming up, right? Uh, night one or week one is this coming up week on Wednesday and Friday, and then week two is the following Wednesday and Friday for Dynamite and Rampage. And on week two for Dynamite, we are getting our second ever exploding barbed wire death match in AEW. I don't know if the rig's going to explode this time. I think they just said uh, barbed wire death match. I think they're leaving the exploding portion out of it. But another aspect that they could be listening, Sev, remember we talked about uh, hoisting somebody above the ring and you made a joke about Judy Bagwell on a forklift. They are going to have the Jericho Appreciation Society suspended above the ring in a shark cage for this match.
1: Yes. So the it's something to do with Shark Week, is that right?
0: Probably. I think that's usually yeah, that's a thing for Discovery Channel, which is a Warner Media owned thing.
1: Cool. So, so like we don't get a Shark Week over here, Dark. So like I have no understanding of what Shark Week is. What what is it? Is it just they play Jaws on,
0: on TV or something? <laughs> no. I mean I'm sure some channels do to to lean into Shark right, Week. Okay. But it's basically just this stupid thing that the Discovery Channel started where they just play a bunch of shows about sharks during the week and they called it Shark Week. Okay. Like, documentaries, specials, stupid shit, NATO, that kind of stuff.
1: Okay, yeah,
0: yeah. Shark Week is dumb as hell, by the way.
1: You're not watching, mate?
0: No, I don't watch Shark Week. I don't care about sharks. Okay. I mean, I like sharks. I don't have anything against sharks, but I think Shark Week is stupid.
1: Fair, fair. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how this match will go. Um, it's a shame we've got to wait two weeks to see it.
0: I know. I hope it's better than our last barbed wire death match because that one fell real flat. Yeah, it was Hope great. it's better. Hope it's better. Let's see if we can do it. My number three, if this is your number three, then we have a full house on Rampage. My number three this week is the Gates of Agony taking on Jonathan Gresham and Lee Moriarty.
1: I have it number three, Brian. We did it.
0: We did it. We did it with four things. Again, if we have a smaller <laughs> amount, it's, it's, it's easier to do. But yeah, so so this match, again, this was more utilized to build up toward Death Before Dishonor coming up on July 23rd. We had, you know, Gates of Honor representing Tully Blanchard Enterprises and, and Gates of Agony is Toa, Leonoa and uh, Khan from Ring of Honor. And then obviously Jonathan Gresham being the ROH World Champion. I was not a huge fan of this until the end. Um, I didn't quite know what was going on. Like, you know, I I started picking up on the fact that Jonathan Gresham might be turning heel because, you know, he would always walk away or let Tully distract him just at the at the right times. And it started to click in my mind that something was going to happen here and then Lee Moriarty was getting his ass kicked the entire match, finally was able to potentially make the hot tag, and then Jonathan Gresham kind of pulled his hand away and just walked away, and Tully Blanchard went over to him on the entrance ramp, gave him a hug, and they left. They fucking left, even though the match was still going on. Like, Tully just left his boys Gates of Agony still in the ring to finish the job. But... um I am intrigued where this could go with Jonathan Gresham as a heel now. Has he ever been a heel? I think he's always been face, but I don't know that to be 100% sure.
1: See, like, before I knew Jonathan Gresham was, I knew, like, the Cthulhu octopus mask thing, and I always thought that that was quite a heelish thing to wear, so I always thought he was a heel.
0: I mean, he definitely has heel aspects in his character, right? So if he's never been a heel before... This makes a ton of sense, but I'm wondering, because they announced that um, the title match between Lee Moriarty and Jonathan Gresham would actually be taking place this week on Rampage, I'm kind of surprised that's not being saved for the pay-per-view, which makes me wonder, who is Jonathan Gresham going to defend that title against at Death Before Dishonor?
1: know, uh, probably a bigger name than Lee Moriarty, to be fair. You would think so. Not, you know, but it episode, it, to be honest.
0: It can't be Brian Cage, which a lot of people were thinking it would be Brian Cage, because Brian Cage is also part of Tully Blanchard Enterprises.
1: He is, he is, and I don't, um, I, I didn't get the pairing of Lee Mori and Gresham because they, they said they're like Lee Mori challenged Gresham and then he turned it down, but then Tully turned them into a tag team, so they weren't ever really an official tag team for Gresham to kind of turn on him. It was kind of just partners at that point. Um,
0: Maybe this is where Dalton Castle comes into play.
1: Yeah, Dalton Castle and Jonathan
0: Gresham in the main event.
1: Nice, nice, very nice. Didn't um, they wrestle on, on AEW?
0: I'm pretty sure they wrestled. Yeah, the yeah, AW that's the
1: first time you saw them, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, pretty sure. Yeah, pretty yeah. damn sure.
1: That one, that one. Uh, but yeah, I just want to see um, Jonathan Gresham stood next to Gates of Agony and Brian Cage because he ain't <laughs> a tall man, is he? <laughs> no,
0: he's, he's shorter than Dan. Big, yeah,
1: these three big balloon-looking guys, have been pumped up. And then this I am, dude. I am
0: impressed with Gates of Agony, by the way. I think they're a very strong tag team for Ring of Honor.
1: Yeah, yeah, they look like a big, a big pair of blokes. To be fair, like they were, they were doing damage. Um, I didn't, I didn't hundred percent like this match because I just, I was waiting for that hot tag for ages. I'm like, yeah, I wasn't, me too. I wasn't invested in it. I was kind of like, all right, no, this, this has been overplayed. I'm pretty sure it went to a picture and picture, and we were still getting it. And then like it had an entire ad break, uh, like a proper ad break, and it came back and it was still doing it. And I was like, fucking hell, they so just just tag it in. Know. Yeah, just tag him in like this. This dude's been beating down now for what feels like 15 minutes um and I'm, I've had enough. Just get to the end.
0: Yeah, I agree. But that leaves us with one left. Both of our number 2 this week. What is it?
1: It is Orange Cassidy vs Tony Dees.
0: Yep, the main event of Rampage. This was a real strong match, dude. I I was I and almost put this Yeah, I almost put this at number 1, but I obviously like Kingston and Takeshita way more. Um But, um, on, on, if you catch me on a different week, like this could have been number one over Kingston and Takashita, right? Like this was a real strong match.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Any other match in there. We would put any other two at the opening. Like there's a high chance that this match would become number one.
0: Really strong match. A lot of good back and forth. Um, how about Dan house and becoming a lawyer?
1: So does this mean Dan Huysen, and Hook on. Like, Hook on now, right?
0: I don't think so.
1: Because they did that. We had that last week, we had that Hook thing where he got angry at the interviewer. And then this week, they were like, at the start of Rampage, they were like, and later on tonight, we'll hear from Hook. And they just played a montage of that thing. And we right. never actually heard from Hook.
0: We did not hear from Hook.
1: Um, but yeah, but now Dan Huysen is bopping around with. The best friends. So I That leads me to believe that, yeah, yeah. That leads me to believe that, like, Hookhausen isn't a thing anymore.
0: I hope that's not the case because I really did enjoy Hookhausen. I thought it had a good dynamic. Um, but we'll see what they do. I actually think it's quite comical, Dan Halsen portraying this lawyer character because of, of Smart Mark Sterling. And it, there was even a thing on Twitter, uh, Dan Halsen mocked up a, a billboard of himself, like, uh, it, it's a it's a classic thing over here in the, in the states, but uh, Misny makes them pay. It's a it's a billboard you see in like major cities because Mizny's a a top lawyer like nationwide. Okay. And uh he put his face over it and he's like, Danhausen will get you championships and he responded to Dax and's like, Do you want Dan do you want Danhausen to use his new lawyer abilities to get you your rightful shot at the AEW tag team titles? And Dax is like, dude, we need all the help we can get. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. But yeah, we, we had some um, fantastic stuff in this match, didn't we? Tony's was, Tony's has got it. It's It's amazing.
0: It's It's amazing that he's being like, yeah, he's losing, right? Like he's, he's still not winning. He is winning some, but he's still on the losing end of matches a majority of the time. But it just feels like he's being utilized so much better than he was in WWE.
1: Yeah, I can agree with that.
0: There was no way Orange Cassidy was going to lose this match though.
1: No, no, I don't, um... I don't know. I I did buy it towards the end. Like towards the end, it started to feel a little overbooked. Like there was a lot of interference from Smart Mark and Dan Heisen. Um and then something to do with this get swerve out of the pass signature thing petition. Um, yeah, I did think that maybe they might actually squeak it out when he was, when uh, Sterling was getting in the ring. I'm pretty sure there was a really near fall that I, I I totally bit on.
0: There was. There was. This actually was the longest match of the week too, at just uh, just over fifteen minutes. Um,
1: Where was that?
0: Yeah, this was over 15 minutes. Longest match of dynamite and rampage. But um, the entire purpose of this match was because smart Mark wants to get a petition going to get swerve out, right? Like he wants to get rid of swerve. So he was trying to get Orange Cassidy to sign the petition and Orange is like, I'm not signing it. And he's like, well, all right, well you're going to wrestle Tony Nese. And if Nese beats you, then you're going to sign this. And, and OC is like, okay, but it didn't happen.
1: So then, I hope that if uh, Smart Mark ever hands swerve the position, hope keeperly's name's top of the list.
0: Oh, that would be smart. That would be smart booking. That would be smart, and not just because it's Mark Sterling. Smart. That would be. That would be clever. <laughs> that
1: would be Sev Smart Sterling. Yeah.
0: <laughs> smart. S-
1: sev- smart. Se- S- Se- smart sev, sev
0: Sterling. Triple S again. Yeah. Just, just like mm. uh, sweaty, sweaty, sticky Sev.
1: Mm. Two, two kinds of Sev that no one wants yeah. <laughs>
0: we finally got our full housing though and because this match featured dan Housen, who i am still associating with hook for now until we we know otherwise let's go ahead and jump into a little hook of the week all right, this week it is my turn to go with our Hook of the Week. Last week, Sev, you went with the, like, Korean Netflix TV drama just called <laughs> Hook, right, about, like, yeah. some some boxing or bare-knuckle fighting or something. I don't know exactly what that show is about. But this week for our Hook of the Week, I am going with any historical thing. Okay. I am going with a historical thing that took place... Between October 1952 and July 1953 as part of the Korean War. So there were four battles during this time span of October 1952 and July of 1953 that are called the Battle of the Hook. There was the first Battle of the Hook in October 1952, second Battle of the Hook in November 1952, third Battle of the Hook in May 1953, and then the last, fourth Battle of the Hook was in July 1953. And these were all like, okay. Uh, I, I don't quite know a ton about the Korean War, but the Battle of the Hook was some fighting for outposts around some river and some bunker hill and it was between the seventh, first and eleventh Marine Regiments of the of the United States taking on some Chinese, you know, insurgents or whatever. Korean. Uh no, it's actually Chinese, according to Wikipedia. It wasn't Korea. Oh, okay. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. Um, it was the United States taking on China, at least in the first battle. The second battle of the hook was the UK, Canada, and South Korea taking on China. The third battle of the hook was the UK, the US, Turkey, and South Korea taking on China. And the fourth battle was the UK, Australia, New Zealand, and the US taking on China. So I'm pretty sure the Korean War was... A war between North and South Korea, and the U.S. obviously sided with South Korea, right? And Mm-mm. the North Koreans were aligned with China. So a lot of the battles were actually the U.S. taking on China.
1: Uh, okay, uh, getting people to do their other, other people's fighting.
0: Exactly, it's the the way of the world. <laughs> but that is your so hope this we week. Say-
1: <laughs> North Korea is Christian Cage and China is Luchasaurus. Who is South Korea and the USA? Uh,
0: Jungle Boy and Matt Hardy. (laughs) Yikes. I don't like your chances. (laughs) Well, the Korean War was a pretty, pretty, uh, pretty crazy war that ended in just a stalemate, right? Like, that war never even got solved for the most part. And... Uh, I I do think a majority of the losses were in the the North Korean and, and Chinese side, but that war never actually had, like, an actual conclusion. It just stopped, like a stalemate, more or less. And technically, it's still theoretically ongoing between North and South Korea. Like, there's just been a stalemate for a long fucking time, but it's actually still present right it says the the last part of it started in june 25th of 1950 and is still ongoing so this war has been going on for 72 years now
1: but is it though is it kind of war go on that long
2: it it it
0: can and it can't like obviously they're at a stalemate there's not like actual conflict going on right now but dude it, it could be any day with with the way north korea is right like the way fucking uh Who's the leader of North Korea? Kim Jong-un? The way the way he's so unstable. I mean, that that war could start up at any time again now.
1: Yeah. So all, I, all I say to this is, first I'll say, war doesn't decide who's right. It just decides what's left. Uh, fuck war. Uh, but then maybe we shouldn't talk about it, Brian, because they're probably listening and we don't want to give them ideas.
0: Okay. 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 <laughs> Hook of the week is the... Uh... <laughs> battle of the hook. We'll stop talking about it in case they're listening. <laughs>
1: in case we give them the idea and it's our fault. Yeah,
0: they blame us. We become war criminals.
1: Like Terence and Philip. <laughs>
0: I get to be Terence.
1: Okay. I don't know which one's which, but yeah.
0: <laughs> blame Canada. <laughs> oh yeah. Hook of the week is your is battle of the hook this week. Uh, Let's give a star rating to Rampage. Like I said, I enjoyed this a hell of a lot more than I enjoyed Dynamite. Obviously, the opening match was real strong. The closing match was real strong. The middle was okay. It definitely built up some storylines toward Ring of Honor's Death Before Dishonor pay-per-view, which I did see is going to be $40, so I probably will order that um, and, and watch it live when it happens. I think I'd give this Rampage three and a half stars.
1: Yeah, I'm happy with three and a half stars. Uh what's what's your average pay per view price if I can ask?
0: So the average pay per view price over here for the AEW pay per views is fifty dollars. So it's ten dollars less than a than a regular AEW pay per view. But okay. five dollars more than what Ring of Honor used to charge for their pay per views, because they used to charge thirty four ninety nine. okay. I know you get those pay per views quite a bit cheaper through fight, don't you?
1: Uh see I don't I buy mine on the Playstation, uh just because oh, okay. You can charge it to your mobile phone bill and then I pay it like a month later. I don't I don't have instant regret then. I, regret I
0: usually like I usually split it with either Sean or Dan. Um yeah. because uh BR Live lets you have two concurrent streams going, right? Like one person and another person. So I usually go half with either Sean or Dan and, and spend about 25 bucks for the AEW pay-per-views. Have a feeling neither one of them are gonna care about Ring of Honors pay-per-view, so I'll probably just be shelling out the cash for this one on my own. But I want to watch it. I think it's gonna be a good pay-per-view, and we'll have some predictions for that next week.
1: So uh 20 pound sterling is what I pay uh, to currency convert. currency says $24.
0: Yeah, so that's way cheaper. But
1: that'd be way cheaper. That's for an AEW pay-per-view, yeah.
0: That's basically what I pay because I always split it with somebody, but that's only half the Mm -hmm. cost. That's only half the cost over here. So you guys get them way cheaper. Uh, We do have some stuff confirmed taking place this Wednesday and Friday night on both Dynamite and Rampage. Like I mentioned earlier, this is Fighter Fest week one. So this Wednesday night, we have Serena Deeb taking on Anna J, which I assume will lead to Deeb winning to, you know, build her up more before the ROH Women's title match. We have the triple threat tag team title match between the Young Bucks, Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs and Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland, which I assume the Bucks are going to win. And then we also have a, basically like a grudge match, I guess, between two former friends, Claudio Castagnoli taking on rock hard Jake Hager. We the people. We
1: we the people.
0: He guaranteed someone, I mean, the crowd's going to probably chant that on Wednesday night. I'd be disappointed if they didn't, but there's no way Claudio's losing this match. Yeah, uh, guaranteed. (laughs) Yep. Obviously, they'll confirm some other stuff, but that's what we know so far for Dynamite. And then looking ahead to Rampage, we have tag team action between the Lucha Bros taking on Private Party, which should be a fun match, I'm assuming. Those two teams are are quite strong, and I I assume there will be a lot of high flying and a a lot of crazy stuff in that match. And then we also have the ROH world title on the line as Jonathan Gresham defends against Lee Moriarty which Jonathan Gresham's going to win.
1: Oh, yeah. 100%. Should be an interesting week, but hopefully it's uh, better than this week.
0: Yeah, I hope so. I do hope so. I hope I hope this week's content, especially Dynamite's content. I hope it's better than than this week. And it, and it looks like it will be based on the matches we're looking at. So we can only hope. But we're getting closer to the end of the show. Before we get on out of here, you know what we need to do. Grab your mallet, seven. and hit that gong. Because we need to do the burial ground before we get on out of here. Who'd you send up and down last week? Because I don't remember.
1: Luchasaurus went up and don't know who went down, to be fair.
0: That's okay. That's all right. Going down in the burial ground this week. And this might be someone that we've sent down previously. I don't remember because we don't keep a running list of who we bring up and down for the burial ground.
1: Dark Order is who I put down last week.
0: Oh, okay. Yes, that's what you did. Yeah. And they, and they made it a point. We're not going down in the burial ground. Uh, this week, I'm sending Fuego Del Sol down in the burial okay. ground. Because he was technically a part of that eight-man tag team match on Dynamite, but he's now been relegated to... Part of roughing it, I guess, right? He's he's part of Bear Country or the country of Bear with with Leon Ruff and Bear Country, which one of the guys of Bear Country has lost a shitload of weight. Yeah, and they, even yeah, mentioned, yeah. they even mentioned that on commentary. But um, Fuego was an afterthought in this match. He started the match off and got taken out and we didn't see him again. And I feel like he really doesn't have a purpose anymore, does he? Like, Sammy's heel, Fuego's face, Sammy's back with the Jericho Appreciation Society, Fuego's still on the the vlog, which I don't watch anymore. I don't watch Sammy's vlog that often anymore. But, um... I really think Fuego is just an afterthought, and I would not be shocked if he's only around until his contract runs out and then he's gone, sort of like Alan Angels.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't imagine uh, TK would want to sign him or extend his contract. Like he isn't doing much, at all, is he?
0: No, there's not. There's no reason for him there. So, I'm sending him down this week, and coming up in the burial ground. I'm going with Jonathan Gresham.
2: Okay.
0: I think this heel turn is going to lead a lot to his character. Like you mentioned, he already has that Cthulhu kind of heel aspect going on for him uh aligning himself with Tully Blanchard Enterprises we'll see what that does for his career but I do think that Jonathan Gresham has this fire behind him right like there was even some backstage stuff where he talked about being sidelined for weeks and and really just being waiting and ready to go but not getting the call And and now he wants to take things into his own hands and the reason that he's there is because Tully reached out to him and actually offered him a deal um, I, I think, uh, I think Jonathan Gresham actually is going to be on the rise and hopefully we start seeing him more on dynamite and rampage because he could be actually really strong for not only ring of honor, but I know we've said this before AEW as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Was it, was it this week that he was calling a, um, Daniel Bryan and stuff? Or was that like a previous promo?
0: No, that was, that was this week.
1: That was this week. Yeah. He, he named dropped uh Brian Danielson, a couple of others, didn't he? So I'm like, great technical wrestlers um yes, yeah, so it's like be nice to see him mix up with those guys yeah put, like <laughs> i
0: said put him in there with danielson put him in there with claudio yeah uh, put him in there with takashita right those would all be hell hell of a match dude great matches right there so yeah i'm going with jonathan gresham up fuego del sol down this week that's your burial ground All right. But I think that's going to bring us to the close of the show this week, unless you have anything else you want to mention before we get on out of here.
1: Just to mention, it's still hot. still very, very hot. Um,
0: Yep. Hot over there in the UK. It is. Quite hot over here in the States too. At least Ohio. Yeah. It was like in the nineties yesterday. It's been, it's been pretty hot over here, but I stay in the basement a majority of the time, which is like 60 degrees because the AC units down here and it always cools this area more than the upstairs. So, even though it's hot as balls outside, I always have long sleeves on because I fucking freeze my ass off down here. Sounds
1: lush, mate. Sounds absolutely lush.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, we want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of Blood and Destroyers and all the wrestling podcast made possible, of course, by RPGera.com. Want to help us and grow the show? Subscribe and spread the word. Details on ways to do just that can be found in the show notes on whichever podcast app you've chosen to listen to us on. And remember, in those show notes will also be a link to our Discord server. Come chat with us during AEW content. Click it, join it, interact with us taking us out of the episode this week as usual it's going to be theme song of the week i kind of like it now to where it's just like you get all the secondary segments on one week i get them all the next week it makes more sense doing it that way instead of splitting it up last week sev you went with luchasaurus's heel theme fossil fuel as our theme song of the week this week i'm going with our first ever third appearance of a person on the uh, on the list. So we've had several people appear twice. Anna Jay's been on the list twice because of her multiple themes. John Moxley's been on the list twice. I um, think there might be one other person that's been on the list twice Closing as well. Down. besides coming, yeah. yeah, besides the guy we're doing this week. But this week, this is our third appearance of Orange Cassidy. Nice.
1: Like and we're
0: going to close out. Yeah, I do too, man. I fucking love this song. We're going to close out with his theme music that he used to use on the indie scene. He's back to using it in AEW. It's Jane by Jefferson Starship. Orange Cassidy's new AEW theme and his old indie theme. Now hit the music.